Welcome to the 972 podcast. Every episode, we explore issues and stories in Israel-Palestine that other media outlets tend to ignore. I'm your host for today, I'm Jadi Rocky, and I'm here with 972 editor Natasha Roth-Roland. Hey, Natasha. Hi, I'm Jad. So in this episode, it sounds like you're taking us underground. This week, you interviewed Yonatan Mizrahi, the former director of Emek Shaveh, which is an Israeli NGO that studies archaeology and how it's used in the context of the occupation. That's right. A lot of Emek Shaveh's work focuses on what they call the politicization of archaeology. Yonatan himself is an archaeologist and one of the co-founders of the organization. And after almost 15 years at the helm, he's just stepped down to focus more on research and writing. So he has a lot to say about how the Israeli government and Israeli settlers use archaeology as a means of further entrenching their control of occupied territory. What does it mean to politicize archaeology? Because most people would probably assume that this field is supposed to be a neutral historical endeavor, no? It is supposed to be, yes, but so often it isn't. And it's very easy to frame archaeological discoveries in a way that privileges one narrative or one history over another. And that's very much what's happening in Israel-Palestine, and a lot of that is concentrated in East Jerusalem, where archaeological digs are funded by far-right settler groups who are also involved in forcing Palestinians out of their homes. This includes in places like the neighborhood of Silwan, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, in that kind of environment, archaeology is used to justify exclusively Jewish claims to the land by highlighting Jewish history and sidelining all the other histories that are buried in the earth. And so you have a situation in which archaeology becomes another means of Judaizing East Jerusalem, or as Yonatan has put it in the past, settlement through excavation. So we're basically dealing with the occupation quite literally expanding underground. Yes, that's it. And that has devastating material consequences for Palestinians in the present. Not only the militarization of their communities and as more and more settlers move in, but also the literal destabilization of their homes. With all the tunneling going on under the streets of East Jerusalem, in particular Silwan, some houses are becoming unsafe to live in. Families have noted fissures appearing in their walls and floors. Some residents have reported partial collapses in their buildings. That's also forced some Palestinians out of their homes. So the excavations and the displacement through settler takeovers of buildings in the area are really working in tandem here. Sounds like a really fascinating episode. Let's listen to the interview. Yonatan Mizrahi, welcome to the 972 podcast. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Emek Chavez has been around for close to 15 years. Can you tell us what led to the formation of the organization and to your personal involvement? Before Emek Shaveh, I worked for the Israeli Antiquity Authority. I was an archaeologist in different places uh, for the universities as well. Um, and I think what happened with Emek Shaveh is that we were kind of a group of uh, activists slash archaeologists who felt that the, the way archaeology is used uh, as a political tool is something that bothers us and and the first place that struck us that we should do something about it it was actually City of David. Somehow we realized that the way the archaeological site is operated, the way it's been used by the settlers and things like that, it's something that put archaeology in a way that is very much political, politicized 
and we wanted to do something about that. Uh, in the personal level, years before MXRV was established, uh, I felt that my interest is about archaeology and the way it's influenced the, the public, the, the Israeli public if you want, but in general how people uh, react to archaeology. Um, so, so for me it was kind of a makes sense to move to this kind of direction of doing archaeology in this way. It's now 2022 and your time with MX Chavez is drawing to a close or has drawn to a close, I should say. What have been some of the major shifts on the ground that you've seen during your time with the organization? First of all, many things happened in the last 15 years. I mean, even uh, on the ground, I think things changed. Uh, unfortunately, not always uh, for the positive way, but things change a lot. But I think that um, when it's come to MX Chavez, MX Chavez is the first organization that uh, deals with the aspect of how archaeology is part of the of the occupation or part of the political conflict, how the Israelis see it as, as an issue in the in the political conflict. Not always aware about it, but definitely it's part of it. In that respect, we are definitely the first organization that raised the issue. Um, and I think that before MX Chavez, there were no real discussion about, um, or any discussion about, uh, the politicization of archaeology. Archaeologists prefer to avoid dealing with this aspect in their work. Um, although it's very popular and very known in the international community. I mean, when you're doing excavation in occupied territory, you're definitely part, uh, part of the occupier. Um, so for this, I think MX did a major change by putting the political discourse to, to, to the archaeology, something that was never, never before. Um, during the years, I think that MX Chavez was also um, um, in the front line challenging uh, the settlers of East Jerusalem, definitely El Ad Association, uh, because they are the ones who actually very much use the archaeology to strengthen their hold in, in East Jerusalem. Uh, so, so for this, I think MX Chavez definitely have kind of added value uh, to put another aspect of, of, the, of the conflict. We also had few few achievements um, in in general, like uh, in, in different struggles about uh, um, the settlers who wanted to expand their territories and things like that. Something else, which I think was also very important, at least I felt it. I cannot really prove it, but I felt it that also the Palestinians very much appreciated our um, political point of view that we are talking about the history, but we're saying that. It's not exclusively Jewish or not exclusively belongs to the Israelis. It's something that was missing, and um, we got very good uh, feedback from, from the Palestinians, which showed us that it's definitely an issue that uh, bothered them. During that time, obviously, the situation became... I mean, we're talking about 15 years of a right-wing right government in Israel, so it's definitely, it definitely was very difficult to, to make a, any change. And... The other side, the settlers definitely achieved a lot in spite of our work. I mean, on that note, you've, you've mentioned some of the um, positive impacts that Emek Chavez has made in terms of bringing the discourse along around uh, the link between archaeology and occupation as it plays out in East Jerusalem. But was there anything that the organization pushed for or campaigned around that perhaps didn't, uh, didn't take root or, or didn't succeed in the way that you hoped it might? Well, we didn't. We didn't 
Well, it's a good question, but I want to say that I think from the beginning we came with a very kind of a modest approach that what we're going to achieve will be very little. Obviously, you want to... I mean, we, we never thought about um, the big goal, you know, uh, to change uh, the situation in East Jerusalem, to remove a lot from East Jerusalem, to end the occupation. These are the big goals. I don't think that we can... Um, uh, I don't think Emek uh, Shaveh or the NGOs world is actually the one who can, can do that. I mean, we can add something, but we definitely cannot uh, make the change. Obviously, we didn't achieve every... I mean, there are a few struggles, like, against building a compound in Silwan that we fought, and we thought that we have the chance to win, and we lost because of political reasons, like we had a big campaign against a Kedem compound, and we lost. There were all kind of local struggles that we lost, although we expected to win. But uh, in the long run, I think that we definitely achieved um, something. We, we definitely achieved something um, more than we expected. That the issue became on the table. That I, I can I know today that archaeologists, at least the archaeologist community, aware about this issue cannot avoid it. I know about cases when archaeologists know that it's somewhere in their back that they have to back of the head that they have to to mention that in, in a way. Uh, I, I think it, it's, a, it's a major achievement. I, again, we didn't end the occupation, but I think that's definitely something uh, important. A number of years ago, I attended one of Emek Chavez's tours of Silwan in East Jerusalem, which you led, um, and you said something at the start of the tour that has stuck with me, which is that settlement through excavation is the same as settlement through building. So what did you mean by that? Well, um, I, I think there are different uh, forms of, of, of settlement. Every, many, the most common one is obviously about settlement where settlers coming and settling in a place and establishing new settlements or uh, neighborhoods. Um, but there's what is um, uh, other forms of settlement and I think archaeology is very very powerful uh, form of, of settlement, which means that you just doing the excavations, you treated the archaeological excavation as scientific work or something which has nothing to do with the political conflict, but actually it's done by the Israelis in Silwan, it's done by the Israelis with the settlers. I mean, it's definitely an act that done by uh, the occupier um, and serve the settlers directly, uh, although it doesn't serve them to, to live there, but it helps them to bring more people. It brings them, more, more than that, it brings them the opportunity to justify the settlement. And, and it's come and say that instead of looking at the settlers as a group of people who are living in a Palestinian neighborhood in East Jerusalem, they can come and say, listen, we are living with the Jewish history. We have uh, historic rights here. It's not just the Bible. You can see here the ruins. These ruins justify our uh, life. And that makes us not settlers, actually. We are actually rooted to this place. And in this way, I believe that the settlement is something that gives a lot of power to the settlers and a lot of justification that they need from the Israeli public because eventually it is a political conflict and the public opinion is, is definitely an important one. More than that, it also, I think the archaeological, the archaeological excavations also can make people support the settlement 
without uh, participating in the settlement, by just uh, supporting the excavation, but just uh, see the city of David as part of their heritage, don't see the other side of, of, of Silwan. So, so um, we definitely see the, the archaeological excavation in East Jerusalem as part of the settlement project, as a part of a way to, uh, in many ways, to Judaize um, the old city or the area around the old city to make it more, more Israeli and more Jewish through the archaeology that emphasizes Jewish history. It seems that archaeological discoveries are never far from the headlines in the Israeli media. Uh, and the same goes for English language outlets based in Israel. For example, both Haaretz's English edition and the Jerusalem Post have archaeology as a permanent news category at the top of their homepages. So why do you think this, this topic is so prominent uh, in these media outlets and this media sphere? First of all, um, I, I, I personally believe that archaeology is a fascinating field, um, but... Uh, but it also deals it deals something with um, with you know the the question of our identity in, in in Israel among the Jewish people, but also in the West in general. I mean, um, the history of, of of Israel, Palestine, and and the history of the West is very much uh, connected, as we all know. Um, and then when archaeologists um, revealing part of the history, people feel that. Uh, something from their own personal history almost was discovered. And, and that's something that is very powerful. That, I think, one thing. Um, also, there is kind of a mystery in archaeology that always fascinating us. Okay, what did we discover about the history? Uh, what do we know about our past? The adventure uh, aspect, obviously, that we know from the films and something else, uh, and, and also very popular. But eventually... Archaeology, and, and this is why actually I'm very much involved in MXR, because I think archaeology deals with the present, not, not necessarily with the past. It tells to us today something about our history. But we deal, we, the, the, the information we're having is about, okay, how we lived and we use it to understand our present life. Okay, like if we found an archaeological site with a Jewish present, so we chose that the Jewish people has historic rights here, or with Christian elements, so... It shows the history of the Christianity, and people see it as part of their life today, like they have a kind of historic right or roots to these places. So I think the mix of um, personal uh, historic feelings, but also maybe collective historic feelings, and also the mystery of archaeology um, and the religious aspect make it very popular among the uh, population all over the world, but definitely among the Jewish and the Western world. Uh, when it's come to Israel-Palestine. Right-wing settler groups, uh, such as Elad, which you mentioned earlier, in East Jerusalem are heavily involved in efforts to connect archaeology and tourism in the city. And one project that's received a lot of attention in recent years is the planned Jerusalem cable car, which would transport visitors around the old city and its surroundings. The project was introduced by the government, but would greatly benefit some of these far-right actors operating in the city. Can you explain how this plan came about, who's involved, and why Emek Chavez has been so concerned about it? I, I'm going to say something about other plans as well before we're going to talk about the cable car, because they're all connected. And we see that the, the settlers 
way of working is actually to initiate it, all kinds of plans, sometimes in different locations, sometimes different plans, which has no, no connection between themselves. But eventually, they are very good in connecting the dots of, of these plans. And, and the cable car is just another touristic project that supposed to support other touristic projects that the settlers are um, promoting for years. Um, in, in Silwan itself, there are different uh, projects that we are very much concerned about, like the excavation of tunnels that uh, the Israel Antiquity Authority, with the support of Elad, excavating under the houses of the Palestinians to create kind of an underground city. There are a lot of plans for a touristic center in Silwan. One of them is Kedem Compound, which I mentioned before. It's all kind of project that the settlers promoted in order to promote tourism, kind of tourism, in Silwan. And they're all considered like separated projects. Each one of them it has its own uh, value and why, why the settlers want to promote it. But eventually, um, they are all supposed to create what we, we said before, to, to increase the the Israeli Jewish identity of the old city and to help tourists and to help the Israelis uh, to visit uh, Silwan, City of David, um, uh, more easily. Now, the cable car itself, it's a very interesting project because it's a project that's supposed to bring tourists from West Jerusalem to East Jerusalem, mentioned as a cable car to the Western Wall, although its final station is actually in Silwan, City of David, on the rooftop of uh, the, the Settlers uh, Touristic Center, uh, known as Kelem Compound. So the cable car is considered kind of the only one project to bring people to the touristic center. But actually, uh, it's, go it's going to be the project that um, connects all the other projects that the Settlers did for years separately. First of all, the idea, the idea of the settlers is actually to make uh, Silwan much more accessible, and the, and the cable car is one way to do that. Second, the cable car is something that's supposed to be, like I said, on the rooftop of the settlers' uh, touristic uh, center, and in this way, we believe that the Israeli government will, will have to sponsor the whole touristic center, or part of the touristic center, in order to build the cable car. So the cable car is actually going to support other projects that the settlers are having in Silwan, like the touristic center, and eventually also to bring people straight to City of David. And that's something which is very important when we're talking about the narrative. Part of the idea is what kind of a narrative, what kind of a feeling people have when they're coming to, city, to the old city. Today, most of the tourists coming and visiting, first of all, the Arab market, if it's from Jaffa, Jaffa Gate or other places, they see the old city, the mixed old city with Christianity, with the Islam, uh, Islamic quarter, the Muslim quarter, with the, the Jewish quarter, obviously. But it's very mixed and very diverse city. One of the things that the settlers very much want is, first of all, to show the Jewish city, maybe only exclusively to, to show the, the Jewish city. And the idea is to bring people, first of all, to City of David, Whereas there, the main narrative that they are hearing is about the Jewish history and how this place related to, 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 to us today, to, to the Israeli people. And then to strengthen our understanding that Jerusalem belongs, first of all, to the Israelis, to the Jewish people. So the cable car serves as a plan to support other projects of the settlers, but also as a plan to, um, uh, to emphasize the Jewish 
narrative that the sisters very much want to promote. You've spent more than a decade working on an area, more than 15 years, in fact, I think probably even more than that, working on an area that resembles a front line within a front line. Looking at East Jerusalem, it's hard to think of a piece of land within Israel-Palestine that is more densely packed and layered with competing borders, laws, historical narratives and populations. And it's also one of the starkest areas of the country in terms of segregation, state violence and the overall power dynamics between the river and the sea. So do you feel as if your own politics and your understanding of what's going on here and what's need, what needs to change have shifted as a result of what you've seen and studied? I mean, the, the short answer is yes. I mean, um, I, I must say that I have the feeling that the archaeology I studied is not the archaeology that I see happening today. And sometimes maybe even people treated archaeology, including archaeologists, the way that I don't remember in my time, uh, become much more political. Um, it's not, you know, always the, the pessimistic questions comes, I mean, the pessimistic answers come in the end, which is, I'm not sure it's good for, for the podcast, but um, um, in, in the last 15 years, what I saw, and that's uh, probably uh, one of the things that we didn't succeed about is definitely that um, the politicization of archaeology uh, in many aspects becoming Part of part of uh, part of Israel. I mean, we see that um, uh, the settlers definitely control a lot of excavation. We know, we see the way archaeology is used today in the West Bank in a way it was not even a few years ago. In, in many ways, by the way, the the success story of City of David is something that the settlers now copying to the West Bank as well in all kind of places. And also, uh, like I said before, it was 15 years of a right wing government that supported almost everything that the settlers wanted in East Jerusalem, maybe not in the West Bank, but definitely in East Jerusalem. Um, and also something I, uh, I noticed that in the last 15 years, I saw more and more politicians using all kinds of archaeological finds or having all kinds of archaeological statements about the Israeli rights to the Jerusalem uh, uh, sovereignty and so on. That's something that's becoming more politicized, un unfortunately. In that respect, uh, yes, it's uh, something that uh, uh, we have a lot of work to do more. That's definitely. What do you think is the single most important issue regarding archaeology and Israel-Palestine that needs to be addressed right now? It's something that, uh, uh, I mean, something I think about for a long time, for many years, which is something that I hope to do in my, in my future, the most concerning thing is about um, education, which I think um, in the education system in Israel, there's lack of studying about the history of the land of Israel, about the history, about what happened here, except of the Jewish history. Uh, the Israeli people have no knowledge about thousands of years of history that Jewish people uh, didn't live here or didn't rule here at least, including important a period of the history, and I think that's something that is basically, this basic knowledge is needed in order to understand that the other side is also part of this land, and to understand that this long history belongs uh, to everybody and cannot exclude only our history and say that 
this land belongs only to the Jewish people. This is something that I think is the most important thing. And my actually something that I'm very much interested in. Yonatan Mizrahi, thank you so much for being with us on the 972 podcast today. Thank you, Natasha. This episode was produced by Natasha Roth-Roland and the editors at 972 Magazine. If you like what you hear, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This way you don't miss any new episodes. And if you have a few minutes, please leave a review. It really helps other listeners to find us. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter, The Landline, either on our website, 972mag.com, or via a link you'll find in the show notes. Thanks for listening.